Live and local, this is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Well, not quite. Matt Miguez filling in for the Blonde Bomber here on the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 2037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Now, you might be thinking, well, Matt, if you're filling in for Jordy, who's filling in for you? Look, I'm a grinder. I don't need to fill in. Four hours of Miguez and Mesh coming up for you. Four hours. If you can handle it. If, if, you, if you dare. My producer and co-host, as usual, is the main man, Mr. James Mesh. James, buddy, happy Friday to you. Happy Black Friday to you. Happy Black, you're right, Black Friday. Did you do any shopping? Did you buy anything? No, but actually, I'm going to pretty soon. Solid, solid. I'm going to be getting a, a gift or two. Can 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 you share any details or uh, is, it, is, is it confidential? It is something that you wear. Okay. It's about that's about all I can give. Okay. All right. Apparently, my younger sister put it upon me to buy the gift, even though she's the one that found it. Is it for her? No. Okay. Just for our dad. Okay. Interesting. But it was like, why don't you just buy it? Right. Or like, why don't you just get it? Because it's going to be both of us together like paying for it. And it was like, well, why don't you just buy it and I pay you back? And she was like. It's because you make the big bucks, James. We're splitting it. It's because you make the big bucks. It's not. It doesn't make sense. So one thing we're going to do differently than the Blonde Bomber. The hotline is open. 337-706-0111 for, for the first hour. We have a stacked second hour. Uh, but for the first hour, yes, hotline will be open. Once again, 337-706-0111. And here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. The United States currently playing in the FIFA World Cup against England. They're in the 48th minute and it is a nil-nil draw at the moment. The United States has played very well. Very good defense so far. Yeah, uh, they've, they've also created quite a few scoring chances that have just, you know, either great saves by the English goalie or, you know, in, in Christian Pulisic's opportunity, he struck the crossbar. He had the goalie beat. The only thing that could, he couldn't beat was the crossbar. But, it, but even in, even though, even for England, they also had quite a few opportunities to score, and there were quite a few yeah. really good saves by... Great saves by Matt Turner. Yeah. God, fantastic. Uh, so we'll keep you updated throughout the second half of that match if anything breaks while we're here on the air. We've also got some college football happening live. We'll bring you some updates on that. We'll preview the weekend. LSU going to College Station today to take on Texas A&M while the Louisiana Rage and Cajuns will be about an hour down the road in San Marcos to play Texas State. We'll talk about that one as well. So, for the stacked guest list, at 3 o'clock, 
Dane Chaponche, the head coach of the Turlings High Catholic Rebels, will join us as they prepare to take on... I'm drawing a blank. Oh, man. Okay. We'll... We'll, we'll get you their opponent here in a moment. Um, also, 315, George Faust will join us for Fridays with Faust. And then at 330, Brant Freeman, the ESPN Plus play-by-play voice for the Texas State Bobcats, he will join us for a conversation into tomorrow's game between the Cajuns and the Bobcats. Archbishop Shaw. Archbishop Shaw, thank you. I knew it was a New Orleans school, and I just I couldn't remember exactly who it was. But James, thank you for for always having my back there. Um, so we will talk about that matchup with the Cajuns and Texas State, where the Cajuns it's for for the for the Cajuns the objective is single is simple: win, and you're in. Lose, and you're probably done. And and you're probably done because we probably will see some five and seven teams, but I, I the think, likelihood that we will see specifically the Raging Cajuns still make it correct. doesn't feel the greatest of odds. Correct. Um, so yeah, it, it's simple: win and you're in. Uh, and, and they will be able to do that on tomorrow against Texas State. They are a five-point favorite in that contest, and once again, kickoff is set for four o'clock. Let's take a trip around the college football world. Right now, Tulane leads Cincinnati 20 to 17 with 7:38 left in the contest. However, Cincinnati has the ball first, fourth and one at the Tulane 20. It's getting yard spicy. Line. Uh, so things are getting interesting in Cincy. Meanwhile, Texas and Baylor. Texas leads Baylor 31 to 27 with 7:56 left to go in that game couple games on the afternoon slate nc state and north carolina will play at 230 and then ucla and cal will play at 330 while your night game tonight in the college football world is florida and florida state at 630 that game is always a good one and florida is missing a ton of players so that throws a, a wrench in, in some plans for Billy Napier, I am sure. But uh, once again, a great great slate of college football today. A great slate of college football tomorrow. How about Georgia, Georgia Tech, Clemson, South Carolina, Kentucky, Louisville, Auburn, Bama, Oregon, Oregon State. And then what the, the rivalry that is, has always been historically so good. The James, the nickname of the, of the matchup, is the game. Michigan and Ohio State play at 11 a.m. tomorrow. I find that I always found that interesting that such a premier matchup is always at 11 a.m. I guess they figure some people's days maybe haven't started yet. I I, I don't know. I don't I don't know what the mindset is there. Big Ten always plays early though, for for whatever reason. It may be. Um, and so at, at 11 a.m., number three, Michigan, number two, Ohio State, in a battle of 11-0 and unbeatens, the winner likely to get into the playoff. The loser, well, that things could be interesting there. But uh, once again, 706-0111, if you want to jump in on the game hotline, 
So last night was the Egg Bowl, which I, I just I, I look at the scoring summary and I look at the way the game played out. How? How, if you are Ole Miss, do you take a 16-7 to lead with a minute 55 left in the second quarter? Now look, I am not saying that a 16-7 to lead is a big lead. Obviously it's not. And you are still in the second quarter, so there's still a whole half of football left to be played. But you were up 16-7, to and then throughout the second half, you give up 17 unanswered points, go down 24-16, to and then with a minute and 25 left, you score a touchdown, go for two to tie it, and you don't get it. Now, we, we talked about Lane Kiffin at length the other day on Crunch Time. And I still stand by this, that Lane Kiffin is a great coach. I'm not, I'm not going to shy away from that. However, James, here's a, little, here's a little factoid for you. Ole Miss was 7-0 and going into the game with LSU. Since their loss to the Tigers, they are 1-3 to finish the season at 8-4 and 4-4 and and in the conference. Lane Kiffin also reiterated in the post game his intention to stay in Oxford. We'll see. We'll see. You really think he's leaving? I I don't think he should. I think he's going to though. You think he will? I, I, I think still, that's, I think I'm that's st- a bad move for him. I'm still on the I'm still on the bus that he stays in Ole Miss. Now, uh, another coaching move that's been getting thrown around is could Deion Sanders go to South Florida and revitalize the Bulls? I mean, that that wouldn't be the 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 worst idea for Deion. Cuz here's the thing, I was always under the mindset that he would stay with Jackson State until he gets to unless he gets an opportunity at like a really big premier school, whether he goes to someone in the Big Ten, or or there is an opening in the SEC. Well, right, and and you would you would obviously that that seems to make the most sense, right? Yeah. But here's the thing: South Florida's one in ten this year. Now they're in a good, they're in the top mid major conference in the American. Dion goes there, spends four years in Tampa, turns that program around. Say he puts them in contention for the American, you know, three years from now. He can have any open job in America if you go turn South Florida around. Any opening in America would be yours. So you you, you would use it as a stepping stone. Absolutely. Instead of, instead of kind of elevating all the way to the top, it's like, Correct. hey. Here, kind of almost like the Billy Napier approach. Correct. You go to a a broken program that really needs fixing. You fix them up, and then now that once you've shown that you, it's not just HBCUs or just kind of like lower level schools. You can handle even mid level schools. Now you take the step up to the high level. Correct. And you know we we call them a broken program, and I mean they're one in ten. 
But you look at two of their two of their losses. They only lost by three to Florida. It was a thirty-one to twenty-eight game. That was the third game of the season, and then they went to Cincinnati and only lost to Cincinnati by four. So it's not like they were getting blown out by everybody they played. Now, granted, from from then then on, it wasn't quite very pretty. Um, Tulane beat them forty-five thirty-one. Houston beat them forty-two to twenty-seven. Then on and so forth. But again, you know, you, you take over at South Florida. You you put them back into somewhat of a contender, and I, I think Dion could have any job he wanted after that, which uh, could could make things very interesting. The United States and England now in the fifty eighth minute, and it is still nil nil in Qatar. Now look, Wales and Iran played this morning. Iran beat them two to zero, which is huge. Which was uh, it, it's a great scenario for the U.S. Um, I think the only thing that would have been better was a draw. If it would have stayed nil-nil, that would have been really big for the U.S. But still, you know, a 2 nothing win by Iran makes your goal very simple. Um, you beat Iran on Tuesday, Wales loses to England, and you're in. So beat Iran. If you can pull a draw today, that's even better. Um, a, a win against England would obviously, you know, seal your fate, uh, unless Iran embarrassed you. But um, r- regardless of what happens today with the U.S. and England, you beat Iran. Wales loses to England. You're in. So kind of puts. I'm not. I'm not going to say it's fully in the hands of the U.S., but at the same time. You're in a really good spot. You're in a good spot compared to where you were 24 hours ago. Yeah. So interested to see what what's going to happen there. Man, I, I I thought I thought that was almost a goal. Oh, <laughs> you man. thought that counted. <laughs> I was like, "Wait, why is the goalie running away from the goal?" But anyways, the the game wants to stuff your stocking with a $500 Visa gift card. It's the Christmas Comes Early Sweepstakes presented by Armentor Jewelers. Simply enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to score a $500 Visa gift card. It's that easy. It's the Christmas Comes Early Sweepstakes powered by Armentor Jewelers and the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We'll take a timeout right here on the Jordy Holtberg Show. And when we return, James and I will break down the three Thanksgiving games in the NFL from yesterday, and they were all absolute doozies. So we will get into those next right here on the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. (gasps) Oh my God, if somebody could have been on the other end of that corner. Oh man. All right, welcome back to the Jordy Holberg Show. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. It is 21 after the hour here on your Black Friday. Hope everyone's enjoying their holiday. Now, you know, yesterday was a was a great day of Thanksgiving football. Um, the Bills and the Lions kicked it off, and James and my that might have been the best game of the day. 
You think that one was the best one? I thought the last one was the best one. The Patriots and Vikings was really good. That was, it was. To me, that one was the best game. Kirk Cousins, I mean, he 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 broke the, the stigma about him. Right? He dogged out in prime time. Primetime Kirk Cousins. You like that? Get him a grill now. Oh. So the Bills Lions, you know, that was a game where man, I I, I know our guy Chuck Wood was just you know, shaken in the corner the entire time. Because in the fourth quarter, you score to take the lead, you give up a touchdown, and then you you give up a touchdown and Tyler Bass missed the PAT. So you get the ball back with 240 left, and you're like, okay, we could do something here. Like, all, all we got to do is go get a field goal and and – you know, the game's tied. That's exactly what they did. They get a field goal with 23 seconds left. You're like, okay, we're going to go play overtime on Thanksgiving. Psych! Josh Allen! Oh, he man. Pulled, he pulled his... Him and Stephon Dix pulled their best Patrick Mahomes. 13 seconds. They, they pulled their their own best version of that. And uh, Tyler Bass redeems himself with a 45-yard field goal with two seconds left on the clock as the Bills beat the Lions 28 to 25. You know, I, the reason that I think that this was the most impressive game, James, is just the, the back and forth of it. It Was it, was it because of the, the final field goal, the fact that it came down to the final field goal with two seconds left? That, obviously, that's fun, right? I mean, that, that one, it's definitely fair. That was a really good matchup. I just think the fact that we saw a bunch of action throughout the game, there was a good bit of scoring between the Patriots and Vikings, and then... The fourth quarter, I told my dad, it's 26-26. Whoever scores next, that's the winner. Because I felt like the, neither defense neither defense could really uh, hold down the fort either way, but I felt like as soon as we hit the fourth quarter, that's when they're going to buckle down. It almost felt like an all-star game in the NBA where it's like they don't right. really care the first three quarters, but as soon as we get to the fourth quarter, you, or it's, you like once, it's almost points. like a game of 21. As soon right. as you get close to that 21, that's when people are going to start trying. So. Felt like the defense really stood up, and then the fact that the Vikings were able to get that last touchdown midway through the fourth quarter, it was like, okay, it's it's done. Right. The Vikings are winners. Now, the Cowboys-Giants game, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I saw none of it. You didn't see any of it? I was driving. That's I, true. I saw none you, of it. You are on your way to New Orleans by that point. Um, that one was an interesting one. It got very controversial because Brian Dable, they went for it on fourth down at about their own 43. It was fourth and one. They were down 14-13 at the time. And I feel like a lot of people really didn't like the call. Or like they didn't like the fact that you're only down one. Why are you going for it? It's not a desperate time. But on the contrary, it is a very big risk, big, big risk, big reward with going for it on fourth down in your own territory when it's only a one-score game and there's still a lot of time left. It's not like there was three minutes left in the fourth quarter. There was still seven minutes left in the third. I, I get it. I definitely get the risk versus reward, but it kind of felt like the Cowboys were kind of moving on offense anyway. Plus, if you watch the play, Saquon was open. Saquon was open. It was just a little too much inside for Daniel Jones. Or like he he threw it too much inside to Saquon. It was right. still a very catchable ball, though. It's not like it was a him having to absolutely fully extend back to the inside to go catch it. No, it was on his hip. It was on Saquon's hip. It's just hit. Saquon just didn't catch it. 
it would have been a first down anyway. I, I, I like the play call. If I was Brian Dable, I would have done the exact same thing again. Because to me, if you get it, you're able to move. It's just now that you gave the Cowboys a short field. Yeah. That was that was the only issue. And and that's the risk versus reward. Because here's the thing. That's why I also I also think it was a, it was a good call either way. Because let's say you don't get it. They have the ball at your own 40-ish yard line. They score the touchdown. Guess what? Even though they score the touchdown and you were losing before that, you're still only losing by one score unless they go for the two for some reason and try to make it a nine-point game. Correct. But even then, you're still down eight, which it's not like the Giants haven't converted a two-point conversion this year. They've converted a couple, if I'm not mistaken, especially early on the season. So to me... That still works because even if you go down 21-13, you can still go on the next drive if you still have confidence in your offense to score a touchdown and potentially tie the game. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. It was a, uh, I, I read, I read the scoring summary and it was a very entertaining ball game. And then you know the nightcap, the Vikings come back from three. They were down three entering the fourth quarter. They scored ten straight points in the fourth quarter to win the game thirty-three to twenty-six. Kirk Cousins completed 30 of his 37 passes for 299 yards, three touchdowns, and only one interception. Justin Jefferson broke Randy Moss's record for the most receiving yards in the first three seasons of a player's career. And now the Vikings have rebounded from that really bad loss to Dallas last week and are now 9-2 and on the season and still have to be considered as one of the top teams for sure in the NFC, but maybe still one of the top teams in the league uh, if, if you're the Minnesota Vikings. This game started with a Justin Jefferson touchdown catch early, and then the, the Patriots responded with 10 straight points. They would trade field goals early in the second quarter, and then Kirk Cousins would find his new tight end, TJ Hawkinson, for a touchdown 16-13. to And then the Patriots would tie as time expired in the second quarter to tie it at 16 at the half. And then in the third, you had a Hunter Henry 37-yard touchdown pass from Mac Jones. And then immediately, like 13 seconds later, Kine Naguanu, a 97-yard kickoff return for a touchdown to make it 23-all. Greg Nick Folk would get another field goal with 6.43 left in the third and then 10 straight points, like I mentioned, in the fourth quarter, capped off by an Adam Thielen 15-yard touchdown pass, made it 33-26, to and the Vikings would hang on to that stat from there. And obviously, later on in the show, and especially during crunch time, James and I will break down more of the NFL games that include the New Orleans Saints, taking on the San Francisco 49ers in a game that the Saints are nine-point underdogs in in that one. So definitely going to have a close eye on that game Sunday afternoon from the Bay Area of California. Update on the U.S. soccer match. It is nil-nil still in the 72nd minute between the U.S. and England. Again, both teams getting chances to put the ball in the back of the net, but defenses and goalkeepers standing strong so far in this one. A new headline coming across the board. How about Nebraska targeting Matt Rule 
as their new head coach. We talked about this when Matt Rule got fired. You know, go back to college, build your your resume back up a little bit and, and, and see where it goes from there. So, I mean, that could be a, a good move for Matt Rule. You know, Nebraska's still, you know, they haven't been great the last couple of years under Scott Frost, but that's still a, you know, a major program in college football and in the Big Ten. So I could see Matt Rule kind of pulling what he did at Baylor and turning some things around there in, uh, in Lincoln. So that's an interesting development there for the Nebraska Huskers with Matt Rule. Also, speaking of the NFL football games from yesterday, uh, no ACL tear for Von Miller. However, there is no timeline for his return. Joe Mixon will be out on Sunday against the Titans with a concussion, which you know kind of derails things a little bit for the Bengals because Joe Mixon has just been such a a massive part of their offense in Cincinnati. But again, you know the 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 key storyline for us is the amount of Saints players that are you know back at practice and could be back in the mix as soon as Sunday for the black and gold. But it is another two-for-one deal from AcadianaDeals.com. Today, score $40 in vouchers to buy you pop gourmet popcorn for only $20. That's $40 in vouchers for gourmet, to a gourmet popcorn shop that has over 40 flavors, and you can get it all for half the price. Once again, visit AcadianaDeals.com today to get $40 in vouchers to buy you pop gourmet popcorn for only $20. While we're speaking of Acadiana deals, you could also get a $30 voucher to Mudcat Whiskers for just $15. $30 deal for half the price. Again, AcadianaDeals.com today to get your $30 voucher to Mudcat Whiskers for $15 or your $40 voucher to buy you Pop Gourmet Popcorn for only $20. We'll take a timeout and when we return, James and I will slowly begin to look at some of the college football games on the slate for this weekend. And we'll also preview some big matchups in high school football right here on the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. He's been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast chair. So what's the secret to the Blonde Bomber's success? Easy. Taking time to work on his tan. You look Back to more of the tanned and talented Jordy Holtberg on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The LSU Tigers wrap up the regular season on the road at College Station on Saturday to take on the Aggies of Texas A&M. Pre-game begins at 4 and kickoff is set for 6. LSU at A&M and you can listen to it here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 37 after the hour here on your Black Friday edition of the Jordy Holberg Show. James, you were tied up on the hotline when I talked about this. Give me your thoughts on Matt Rule being targeted by the University of Nebraska. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. We we, we had a good feeling that he was going to go back to college. Yeah, as, as like I mentioned, as he should, right? Because he's kind of another Nick Saban where it's like he's a really good coach, but specifically more college level. College it's, level. It's, he's, he's, just, he's just not the type to work yep. out in the NFL, and that's completely fine. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, you brought up Nick Saban. That's a great point that always seems to get brought up when, when we're talking about this. You know, 
the, the, just didn't pan out as, as a college coach and I mean as a pro coach excuse me and now is you know we, we can all probably agree that he's the greatest college football coach of all time so we'll keep an eye on that Matt Rule development with Nebraska but again you know talking about some of the the games on the slate for the weekend we talked about LSU and A&M you know this is a game James A&M sitting at 4 and 7 on the year LSU is a 10 point favorite in college station which means you know it's it's really more like a 13 point game you know what? What does LSU have to do in your mind to take down the Aggies and and stay ten and two? Can I just keep doing what you're doing? I, I liked a lot what they did offensively to begin the game and throughout the game against uh, UAB. Like you saw, you saw early on, Jane Daniels was aggressive. Yeah, you saw him go down the field early on, and that and that has been like one of the main issues with the offense for LSU early on is. Jane Daniels not taking those shots, taking those chances deep and giving his guys a chance. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I, I think this is a game that LSU could win. Um, they've always fared pretty well against the Aggies other than that seven overtime. They've only lost twice yeah. to A&M. And, and one of them took one of them seven overtimes. Took seven overtimes, and the other one was when LSU was at pretty much their lowest point of the low whenever it was 2020. Yeah. like th- Those are the only two times. Every other time. LSU has handled A&M pretty handily. Yeah, for sure. Um, update on Alvin Kamara. According to Dennis Allen, he does not anticipate Alvin Kamara's illness to be an issue this weekend. So kind of kind of like I expected. Um, you know, even, even if he's at 70%, I'll take Kamara's 70% over most guys 100%. So uh, that's, uh, that, that's a big news. For the Saints, that Camaro will still likely go. Um, update again from Qatar. Still nil-nil in the 83rd minute. And American phenom Giovanni Reina has just made his way onto the field here in the 83rd minute. There he is, the savior. So can Gio pull a surprise with seven minutes to go in this one? Well, they've had a little bit of stoppage time. I think they would give them about... Four or five minutes, four, four or five would, more minutes. I would, I would think three at a minimum, because they only gave one the first half. That, yeah. that was that was, was really shocking. There was very few stoppages in in the first half. They they ran they ran pretty smoothly in the first half, but uh, you know, James, let's talk about the Cajuns a little bit now. You know, this is a game. The Cajuns have never lost to Texas State. Texas State is four and seven. They've got a great quarterback in Lane Hatcher, who the Cajuns have seen at Arkansas State. They also have a great running back in Lincoln Perry that the Cajuns have also seen when he was at Arkansas State. They are going to be missing their top five pass catchers, though. But again, like I said earlier, it's very simple. Win the game and you're in. You're getting a bowl game. You know, where... Do you think Chandler Fields, James, is up for the the task at hand here? I think as long as you don't put it in his hands too often. Like, make a play every once in a while. But overall, be like a game manager. Just just don't do too much. Just do enough to where you keep the offense in the game and give them scoring opportunities, but don't 
Don't have too many plays where you're taking sacks or you're throwing it too often into deep coverage or misreading and end up throwing a pick. Like, lean heavily if you're Dez. Lean heavily on the run game. Lean heavily on Chris Smith. Absolutely, positively. I would... I know that they don't do this super duper often, so I wouldn't expect it. But man, imagine if they could get the wide receivers involved in the run game more. Lance Lejeune. Lejeune. Get that guy involved in the running game. That man is a freak of nature. Went to Warren Easton High School, started his college career at Maryland, transferred back home to Louisiana. And he was a quarterback. He played quarterback at Maryland. And when he realized... And they technically that, have him listed as a, as a quarterback here. Yeah. He, he, was, he was on the quarterback depth chart going into the season. When he realized he was going to be maybe the third or fourth string, Desermo sat him down and said, look, I think you got a better chance of extending your football career by being a wide receiver. And so he made the, he made the transition to wide receiver. And, you know, there was, there was one time... I forget which game it was, but they actually did a wildcat type thing where they lined him up at quarterback. Oh, wasn't that uh, wasn't that on that the Tuesday night game? Was, was the Thursday night game or the Thursday night game? Yeah, I think Maybe so because I I thought I remember seeing Lejean playing. Uh, and they hand it to him in it whenever they already have the game in hand. Wasn't it against Marshall? No, it wasn't against Marshall. It wasn't against Marshall. No, I think it was that game at home against Georgia Southern. I'm gonna look it up real quick. Um, but yeah, you know, get him involved in the run game, get, you know, Peter LeBlanc's got a quick first step around the edge, maybe run him on a couple jet sweeps or, or things like that. Just, you know, something to provide some sort of spark and get you some extra yards down the backstretch. Cause I imagine with the way Texas state's defense has played this year and the way the Cajuns defense has played this year, I, I imagine this game's going to be pretty low scoring. So you're going to have to find a, a way to, to get some extra yards here and there where you can. Um, so, so little things like that, like jet sweeps and, you know, the, what do they call it? The, the touch pass. Yeah. Where you, you can, where you have the wide receiver or whoever come in front of the center. Correct. It's basically a jet sweep, but you, but you, and you toss it slightly you're forward. You're tossing it to So him. it's technically right. a, um, just, you know, something like that to get the, to get the offense moving. I think the Cajuns are in good shape in this game. They're healthy and, uh, I think they could find a way to win and get that 13th game and get a bowl game in Michael Desimo's first year. So in the three games that we've seen Lance Lejean make an appearance in, mm-hmm. the only time he ran the ball was against Arkansas State and Marshall, but Marshall was the one where he had the 11-yard carry. Okay. The other one against Arkansas State, he had a two-yard carry. Okay. And then for the other game, it was, he he just had a pass attempt that was incomplete against Georgia Southern. That's the that's the play. That's what I was talking. You were talking about the talking Georgia. About. You were talking about the pass. Yeah, I thought you were talking about the run. No, no, no. I, I was. Yeah, he they, they lined him up as the quarterback, and it was, it was a gadget pass play, and it it was horribly executed. But um, if you execute it well, that that could be a, a way for UL to to catch some teams by surprise. I love looking at really funny numbers on statistics. You want to know what his QBR on that 0-for-1 pass attempt? What is it? 1.6. 1.6. That's a QBR to write home about. That's what I'm saying. Oh, man. But then he had a he had a 2.2 against Arkansas State when he didn't throw. He just had the one carry for two yards. Yeah, right. 
All right, but James. Then, but then he had a hundred for that eleven yard carry. You are you are the NBA buff of this group. I guess you could say that. The Pelicans play the Grizzlies tonight. What are your thoughts? Oh man. Wait, is Jaw I remember Jaw was out. Let me is he still in? I he he's been dealing with an injury. Ja is not on the debt is not on the injury report. Uh, that's right. Because I did remember seeing a report that he was going to be back soon, so he he should be back tonight. That one's going to be interesting. You, speaking of the Pelicans, though, did you hear about Zion almost getting set up by the reporter? Yes. What's your favorite uh, Thanksgiving food, Zion? He's like, I'm not answering that. Y'all are just, the internet's going to make fun of me no matter what no. I say, so I'm not going to answer that. They they were trying very hard to to get him to pull his Louisiana card. Oh, see, I, I like everything. <laughs> right. Uh, I eat it all. Like, he, like, even if he said something, like, almost relatively healthy, like, just like, I really like the bread rolls. Right. Like, they're going to be like, well, you got too many rolls on your body. Well, don't, don't you know, don't you know bread's full of carbs? Oh, God. Be like, golly. It's a, it's a no-win situation, so I'm glad he avoided that with he's all an, costs. He, he's an NBA athlete. Give the man some carbs. Like, Jesus. The man's running up and down the court. Right. Calm down. Right. Chill chill out. Chill out. Um, so, yeah, Ja should be back. So, you know, what are your what are your thoughts on the matchup? It's going to be a tough one. I think the Pels have a good chance, but I do lean towards the Grizzlies getting the win. Yeah, I'd, the Grizzlies, are, they're so good, man. They, they've had such a good year, too, even without Ja. They're 10 and 8 right now. Ja's averaging, you ready for this? 29 points a game with seven assists in only 33 minutes of work. But here but here's another thing. The reason also why I lean towards the Grizzlies is not just because Jaw is going to be out, but also or Jaw is going to be back, but also CJ McCollum, he's out. Yeah. He's listed as out for this game. Yeah, he's uh he is in health and safety protocols. Um yesterday he entered health and safety protocols. So yeah, he, he will not play tonight against the Grizzlies. Uh, update from Qatar. They will be putting four minutes of stoppage time on the clock. So coming down to the wire here with still a, a scoreless soccer match, a, a 0-0 draw would be pretty big for the Americans if they could hang on for the next three minutes. He let that one float in the air and it got scary. Yeah, it got a little nerve-wracking. But, uh, you know, one thing that might hurt the Grizzlies, James, is that, I, and I know they've been without Ja, so obviously that plays into this. They have lost four of their last five, including a game to New Orleans a couple weeks ago. Um, but regardless, I, I think it's going to be a great matchup tonight in that game, and you can catch it at 7 p.m. So, you know, get, we're getting ready to take a timeout here. And we're going to wrap up hour number one on the other side. But just, you know, quickly give you a, a, another preview of the second hour. We're going to kick it off with Dane Chaponche, the head coach of Turlings Catholic, as they travel to take on Archbishop Shaw at 315 Fridays with Faust with KLFY Sports Director George Faust. And then at 330, Brant Freeman will join us. He is the TV voice of the Texas State Bobcats, as again, the Cajuns will play Texas State tomorrow at 4 p.m. in that one. You know what would have been really funny? What's that? Is if this whole first hour, you'd have just done live commenting, commentating about the game. 
Yeah. That would have been a little funny. That would have been funny, and, you know, obviously I would have enjoyed it. However... I'm not sure how many of you would have enjoyed listening to that. Correct. Um, Oh, Pulisic is the ball. Why are you not passing? Right. What what are you doing? The car is open. (laughs) You know, it's funny. We we, we sit here on Black Friday, and most people are, are off of work. And so you have early college football games and you know early basketball games and whatnot, which kind of makes our jobs easier on a Black Friday because it gives you even more to talk about than what you already had to discuss. So the World Cup is back, and you can, listen, you can watch thrilling action on Delta Media's Telemundo Lafayette free over the air on KLWB Channel 50.3 and Cox Channel 19. And in Lake Charles, Telemundo Lake Charles is free over the air on Channel 19.2 and Sudden Link Channel 137. So either Lafayette or Lake Charles, you can watch thrilling World Cup action on Delta Media. We'll take a timeout here, wrap up hour number one. On the other side, you are listening to the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 23-7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And it is your home for the SEC West champion, LSU Tigers, and the world champion, Houston Astros. They say shooters shoot. He's a man who shoots from the hip and a man who's hip when he shoots. And no one shoots more from the hip when it comes to sports talk than the Blonde Bomber. Back to more of the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, man. Hour number one of the Jordy Holberg Show just about wrapped up. You know, looking ahead, we, we've got a big weekend of high school football coming up in the state playoffs tonight. You know, you, you look at some of the matchups playing on our family of stations, Opelousas Catholic and Ascension Catholic. With St. Landry Parish game of the week on News Talk 98.5. Vermilion Catholic playing Southern Lab is your Vermilion Parish game of the week. You look at a game like a St. Thomas Moore and Madison Prep on the game right here, 1037 Lafayette. That's going to be a fantastic contest. Karen Crow traveling to Warren Easton. You can hear that one on Z1059. And Southside and Zachary. You can hear that one on Mustang 1071. All of those games will be great matchups. There's even more fantastic matchups throughout the state. You know, when you get down to this point of the year where, I mean, you've got eight teams left in every bracket. And so now you're, you're really going to figure out who the big dogs are as you, as you head down the backstretch of this 2022 high school football season. So definitely looking forward to how these matchups play out. Good luck to all of our teams that play on our family of stations and throughout the Acadiana area. LSU will travel to Texas A&M tomorrow. Pre-game at 4. Kickoff is set for 6. You can catch all of that right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Louisiana takes on Texas State tomorrow at 4. And so much more. We'll talk about it more in our number two, we will kick it off with the head coach of the Turlings Catholic Rebels, Dane Chaponche. He will join us for a conversation ahead of their matchup tomorrow night, or tonight, excuse me, against Archbishop Shaw. And then at 3.15, we will do Fridays with Faust with George Faust of KLFY. And then at 3.30, Brant Freeman, the television voice of the Texas State Bobcats, will join us for a preview of the Cajuns and the Bobcats 
from San Marcos. Hour number two of the Jordy Holberg Show coming up next right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and it's your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of the Jordy Holtberg Show minus... Jordy Holberg, Matt Miguez here filling in for the Blonde Bomber who is enjoying his much-needed Thanksgiving vacation. In our number one, we touched on the World Cup. We touched on the college matchups coming our way this weekend and so much more here in our number two. We're going to focus a little bit more on high school football and we're going to kick it off with the Turlings Catholic Rebels who are taking on the Eagles of Archbishop Shaw, head coach of the Turlings Rebels. Dave Chaponche joins us on the game hotline. Coach, thanks for taking the time. How are you on this Friday afternoon? I uh, can't complain at all, man. It's good to be playing uh, over the Thanksgiving break. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, you know, that's the mindset, right? And anytime you ha- you would you would love to spend the weekend with your family, but man, I- anytime you're playing high school football on Black Friday, you did something right throughout the year. Yeah, you know, I think it's rewarding. You know, it's 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 all about the kids and uh, you know about the program and uh, it just you know whenever you whenever you sweating uh, all summer and all August and all that stuff, you know, this is what you're trying to work towards, and it's good to be here for sure. So let's look at let's look at the season. You know, to this point, certainly not a, a easy schedule for you guys. You played St. Charles Catholic and Notre Dame early on in the year. Got big wins in both of those. You took down Westgate. You took down LCA. Your your one loss was a thirty five to thirty slugfest with with St. Thomas More. You beat George Washington Carver last week in the first round of the playoffs, and, and now you're here playing a good Archbishop Shaw team with a 10 and one record and a lot of talent, you know, coach talk to me uh, about your season up until this point. Yeah. Like you said, we've gotten a lot of big ball games this year. Um, the schedule, you know, really started week one with Opelousas. You know, I, I know their season ended last week, but they had a really special year and, you know, shout out to them. They, they were unbelievable this year. Um, they went nine and one and they gave us all we wanted week one, and then we played a Voils after that, and then, you know, a lot of those ball games that you mentioned, and just really proud of the way that our kids prepared, and especially able to get three big wins on the road, you know, at Westgate, at LCA, and at Notre Dame. Uh, you know, not not many teams, I think, play those opponents on the road and come out 3-0, and so I was really proud of the way our kids played and, and competed all season, and we were definitely fortunate to to um, to to beat some really good football teams this year. Now you know, looking at looking at your roster and the playmakers that have really stood out for you, guys like Kentrell Prejean and Preston Welch at quarterback, and you know on defense, you you've got some some real superstars, including you know I, I was told to to shout out a one particular linebacker that uh, is nicknamed ODB. His, uh, <laughs> his his uncle yeah. works for us over here at, at Delta Media. I got you. 
Yeah. Um, Some of the older people kind of look at you funny, like, you know, ODB meant something different back in the 90s, but ODB for us means uh, Owen Dubois Blanc, and he's a special player, you know, but um, he does—he just does a great job of getting guys on the ground and, and defeating blocks. And uh, you know, we—we've got—we've got a lot of special seniors in this senior class, but we've also got a lot of good underclassmen that have contributed. And um, you know, just a, a ton of guys have made plays. You know, we've definitely had our fair share of standout performances, but it's been a team effort each and every Friday night because. I mean, some of the some of the opponents that we've played, it's taken a lot of guys to win those games, and so you know, I think the thing I'm most proud of with this team is how many how many guys have contributed to the to the nine wins, the ten wins that we have now. You know, coach, let's look at Archbishop Shaw. You know, they're they're always a, a pretty well rounded program. Nine and three this year. Just kind of talk about what the Eagles have done as a program this year, and what you guys have seen on tape that that really stands out. Yeah, I think they're actually uh, nine and two. There are only two losses that have come to uh, St. Charles and Archbishop Rummel, and uh, you know those are two football teams that pretty much any anybody in the state can lose to. You know they're very impressive when you turn on the film. They got a lot of talent on both sides of the football. You know Coach Tierney's back in the saddle at Shaw, and it looks like it. You know he, he spent a long time as head coach there back in the day, and um, it looks like they kind of on their way back uh, to prominence and, you know, in year one even. And, you know, they got a really fast running back. Uh, they got a really good quarterback. And their kids just play really hard, and they're playing with a lot of confidence right now. And uh, I think they're going to come into our place Friday night with a lot of confidence. You know, looking at the, the other matchups in the, this bracket, I, and I know that you're only worried about, you know, the, the Turlings Rebels playing the Archbishop Shaw Eagles, but, you know, Madison Prep, St. Thomas Moore, E.D. White, LCA. Just kind of talk about the new playoff format for the LHSAA and, and how maybe it's made high school football, maybe, according to some people, better this year. Oh, there's no doubt. It's a, it's a, it's a hundred times better than it was before. I mean, we, uh, We've added so much more competition into the brackets. I feel like uh, before we had a little tournament at the end of the year that we would play in. Now it feels like a real playoff bracket. You know, you got five rounds the way it used to be. Even though a lot of, you know, the top eight teams got buys, you still got five rounds. Everything times out the way it's supposed to as far as uh, which round is during which week. And it's got a little bit of that feel back to it like it used to have. And that's really good. You know, that's really refreshing for uh, people to feel like it just feels it just feels like if you win something, you won something. You know what I'm saying? And uh, certainly in our bracket, there's a lot of good teams and a lot of really good uh, good coaches, and you know, no no shortage of talent for sure. So you know, coach, as as we start wrapping up, you know, from from your perspective with the Rebels, what's kind of the the keys to victory for for Friday night? Yeah, I mean, we we track a few different deals, and, you know, the main thing for us, I think we've been successful this year uh, with the turnover margin. Uh, it's been a huge deal for us, and I know every coach talks about it, and it, it sounds like coach speak, but, I mean, the bottom line is that, you know, football games are won and lost with, with turnovers. You know, the team that, that turns the ball over puts himself at a huge disadvantage in the game, and then, 
you know, the other thing is going to be tackling. We're going to have to tackle their quarterback. We're going to have to tackle their running back. They, they do a great job of getting their quarterback involved in the run game. And anytime you play a team like that, you know, it, it adds a number. And uh, so we're going to have to do a great job of, of, of making making tackles on their backs. Coach Dane Chaponche joining us here on the game hotline. Coach, really appreciate you taking the time. Good luck tonight against Shaw. And uh, hopefully we can talk again about a, a semifinal appearance. Yeah, man. Call me back next week. And there he goes, head coach. Dane Chaponche of the Turlings Catholic Rebels. Once again, they take on Archbishop Shaw tonight at 7 o'clock. The game wants to stuck your, stuff your stocking with a $500 Visa gift card. It's the Christmas Comes Early sweepstakes presented by Armentor Jewelers. Simply enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to score a $500 Visa gift card. It's that easy. So the Christmas Comes Early Sweepstakes, powered by Armentar Jewelers and the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Football Friday continues next. We're going to do Fridays with Faust with our guy, George Faust, the sports director of KLFY. Right here on the game, it's 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. More of the Jordy Holtberg Show right after this. There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media, KLFY Sports Director George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. George Faust, what's going on, sir? Hey, how y'all doing? Uh, doing well, man. Thanks for asking. Got to ask, you know, obviously the, the story of the whole week has been Lane Kiffin possibly going to <laughs> Auburn. I mean, what do you, yeah. what do you, what do you takes on that? Uh, I, I see. I, I'm not too uh, keen on the idea that Auburn's actually a better job than Ole Miss at this point. I don't. I just don't see that. Um, I look. Lane Kiffin. He said in the past that he needed Oxford more than Oxford needed him. Uh, and I think there's a little bit more of an emotional connection than people are giving it credit for. I think uh, he, he he came to Ole Miss at a time where he needed it and he needed to be uh, welcomed and, and realize what he can do. And I, I just don't think that Auburn is a better job at this point. It's chaotic. You go there, you lose to Alabama for three years, and then you get fired. And and, and then what are you doing, you know? So, um, yeah, I've actually heard some crazy rumors, though. Like, how about this one? Kiffin goes to Auburn, uh, uh, the old pirate down there in Stark Patch uh, decides to leave, retire, and Dan Mullen and Hugh Freeze come back, but they go back to opposite schools. Mullen goes to Ole Miss, and uh, and Hugh Freeze goes to State. That'd be an interesting uh, – that that would be crazy if that happened. Yeah, that I mean, I – I don't even know how to really wrap my head around that. Is that, is that the most bizarre but kind of intriguing thing that could happen? Right, like that—that that could actually left? happen. Yes, it could. 
That's yes, that that's wild. But anyways, you know, <laughs> let, let, let's turn our attention to the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Let's start with the basketball program, five and zero with some pretty big wins. You know, at home over Louisiana Tech. You went on the road earlier this week and took down a good SMU team in overtime. I mean, just kind of talk about what Bob Marlin's got going with this team. Look, he he's told me time and time again he really likes the way this team is put together. Uh, obviously, we know that they're Sun Belt favorites preseason-wise to win the West. And they, Jordan Brown is a guy who's who's you know he's just a superior talent. But I think what you saw in that Southern Miss game was a bunch of guys contributing, and I was pleased to see Greg Williams Jr. finally kind of put some points, uh, some double-digit points up on the board. Uh, something that I I kind of expected that last year from Greg, and, and it didn't happen. And this year it is, it's taking shape. And I think he, he, the way he goes, he can be a quite, quite the great compliment to Jordan. Uh, and, and then that, just the way the whole team is kind of coming together and the, there's a spark in the team, there's an excitement. And if you were at the Louisiana tech game, which, you know, I was the crowd, I haven't seen a crowd like that since Brad Boyd, uh, hiked the ball through his legs to Dwayne Mitchell, who, Tomahawk jammed it back in the day. So I, the, the excitement level is so high right now for Cajun basketball. And I think Coach Marlin knew what he had uh, coming back and, and expected a little bit of that last year. And they played well last year, got you know all the way to the championship game. Uh, and I, I think this team is, is the sky's the limit as long as they can stay healthy. Which uh, you know you have no control over. All you can control is what what you can control, and and I think that's the attitude they have to have, and that's what they're doing. Talk about Jordan Brown. You know, preseason player of the year through five games so far this year, he's just been fantastic. And you know, he was good last year, but you know, I've I've talked to Jay Walker about this before, and and the the phrasing was, you know, he didn't bring it every night. So far this season through five games, I feel like Jordan Brown is is bringing 100% his best every single night. Yeah, and look, maybe that was a case of, you know, new conference didn't know exactly what to expect. Maybe he was a little uh, kind of, uh, to use the, I, I, don't, I, I don't know him well enough to call him arrogant, but I mean, I don't mean arrogant as in like cocky. I mean arrogant like, hey, I came from the Pac-12. You know, that's some solid basketball, and I don't need to put it on every night. Maybe that was a little bit of that. He didn't know what the competition was like in the Sun Belt a year ago. Now he's kind of got that experience of being in this conference. And and he's not not that he – I think arrogance can be a, a useful tool uh, when it comes to being on a basketball court because you can, you can really take your opponents out of a game with some bravado, and that's important. Um, so, but maybe last year he thought he could, he could just walk in and show up because of who – or, or what the programs that he had come from before. Uh, that Maybe now he realizes, hey, you still got to put in the work, and even if you want to be good and you want to dominate, you got you to show up uh, day in, day out. Cajuns football, they travel to San Marcos tomorrow to play Texas State in, in a game that, you know, they're, they're, there's no way to sugarcoat it. They need to win if they want to yeah. play in a bowl game. And, you know, obviously without Ben Wooldridge, who's, who's done for the year with a knee injury, Chandler Fields back in that starting quarterback role. You know, just kind of talk about this matchup because you look at Texas State, 
they're missing their top five pass catchers for this contest. Yeah, look, I, I'm just, I'm just going to play it like this. I think the if the Cadens don't win this game, something went horribly wrong. I think Chandler Fields is, is more than adequate. Obviously, Coach Dez likes likes him as well. I mean, he started the season. Uh, ben Woolridge kind of offered a little bit more in the middle part of the year. And then Chandler's back. And, and to be able to have that experience of playing in Tallahassee last week, and kind of, he really played well. I mean, uh, you heard Coach Dez talk about it uh, in his press conference this week, talking about how he progressed through the game. And early on, he was maybe a little hyped up, a little jacked up, a little too much adrenaline, and he was throwing the ball high and not, not getting it to where it needed to be. But as the game wore on, he kind of settled down and, and was able to make plays when, when they needed to make, make some plays. But um, nobody gave him a shot at Florida State. I think, it's, I think the roles are reversed now. I think the Cajuns are the team that they need to they, – they're going to win this game. And – uh, it's it, at some point it just is what it is, and you get out on the field, and the Cajuns are the better team, and they own the they they own Texas State when it comes to the series. So I, I just I just think there's kind of a uh, don't try to over over analyze anything. Go out there, play the best you can play, and if you do that, you're going to get the win. You'll be bowl eligible. And as Coach Des said tonight on my show. Uh, he, you know, you 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 get those extra fifteen practices or so, um, and and you're in, you're in good shape uh, for the building your program. Chatting with George Faust here on Fridays with Faust. You know, high school football. The the quarterfinals are this weekend. A lot of great matchups spread throughout the state of Louisiana, and uh, really, there's there's a ton of matchups here locally with with some of our local teams. What games really jump off the the page at you in, in this state playoffs? Well, one one of my games that I, I'm really excited to see how it works out is Southside. How good is Southside? How good have they become? Um, is Landon Batiste the real deal? Uh, can he do it in a postseason against a team in, in you know in Zachary that that that's you know they're they're studs right? I mean a year in year out. Zachary's one of those teams that I mean, people expect Zachary to be uh, in the state championship this year. So uh, there's a lot of that. Uh, but but what a great matchup it is for Josh Fontenot and crew. I really like their that team. I like the way they play, uh, and the coaching staff does a phenomenal job of getting their guys ready. So the Sharks and Zachary. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, I'm looking at that game. I also uh, look Notre Dame. Uh, this team is as it's maybe overachieved a little bit. I think uh, of the three seeds in all of the Acadian area in the playoffs, I, I think this team is, is the one that maybe this was supposed to be a down year for the Pios, maybe a little bit. Uh, their quarterback got hurt in the first game of the year, a win over Southside, actually. And, and so for them for them to be in a position where they're hosting their second playoff game this postseason, and their Achilles heel in the postseason the past few years has been St. Charles. They'll meet up again. If they both win, they'll meet up again in the semifinals. So uh, I, I like that. I've got an eye on Notre Dame. I'm, I'm kind of interested about how, how that's going to shape up on Friday night. And then as I scroll through, look, the, the, the two surprises of the postseason have to be Bro Bridge 
and North Vermilion. 28th seed, Bro Bridge, 23 seed, North Vermilion. Both of those schools playing, you know, above and beyond what they were expected to do. And from that, from that vantage point, to be able to be in the quarterfinals at this point just says tons about the players, the heart they have, the coaching staffs, uh, and, and their ability to make things happen. So, uh, those are some those are some of the games I'm looking at. Obviously, Karen Crow's on the road, uh, LCA and uh, and uh, uh, who, who's the other one in uh, New, playing New Orleans? So Shaw and Turling. That 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 game should be interesting too. So yeah, all, all those games. I mean, it's 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 the nitty gritty. This is where it all happens now. You gotta you gotta bring it, and you can't you can't mess up because if you do, it could be the end of your year. Yeah, you know, every every high school coach that we've talked to this week, they all kind of say the same thing. If you're playing football on Black Friday, you did something right during the regular season. That's exactly right. A lot of coaches tell me the same thing. Like, hey, we, we want to be practicing on this Thanksgiving week because if we're practicing, that means we're winning. Right. And uh, let's keep that going. All right, couple couple of big college games this weekend. Ohio State, Michigan, who you got? Uh, just because I don't like Ohio State, I'm gonna say Michigan. <laughs> I, I, I can't stand Ohio State. So. Fair enough. Fair that's, enough. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's an easy easy pick for me. And I then, don't know if that's gonna happen though. I, I, Michigan's. I don't know if their schedules. As uh, you never know, but I, I'll go with the I'll go with the Wolverines. We'll, we'll we'll stick with that. And then lastly, does LSU win? And will this be Jimbo Fisher's last game in College Station? I think LSU wins. I don't think it's Jimbo Fisher's last game. Crazy things happen, man. They were supposed to be the top team in the sun uh, in the SEC, and uh, you know, ride off into the sunset and, and crown Jimbo with a second national championship as a coach. And, and look, Brian Kelly was not expected to do anything. So you never know. Next year could be completely different. And next year, Texas A and M might come out and shock the world because everybody's going to be down on them. I, I I'm of the elk of let the let let the coaches coach do their job. I mean, what do they owe him? Like eighty million dollars if he walks away? Are you pay? Are you pay? Are you pay? So he can just walk away. That, that that to me is the stupidest thing ever. Make him do some work. Make him get in there and earn his paycheck. I that, I just I mean, if it was me, I'd be like, all right. Like Coach O said, seventeen million. Which door you want me to leave? And what time? Right, right. <laughs> you know? No. No yeah, kidding. I get it. I get it. But the, it's ridiculous. Those payouts are ridiculous. And unless I'm getting the, the payout, I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. it, it Eighty-six and a half million to hand over to a coach to tell him to get out is uh, yeah. It, and then it's a where, much. where are you at? Where are you at after that? Right. So, so Jimbo leaves, and then what do you do? Go, go hire Hugh Freeze, or like who are you going to go hire? And, and then you can't. You have to make a a mediocre hire because you have no money to pay a coach. Right. So you might as well stick with the guy who actually won a national championship. You know, I mean, that's, that's the way I I look at that. But I I think LSU wins. I don't think Jimbo leaves. Um, And uh, so I think LSU wins. And I I think, I I think Jimbo stays and, and we'll see what happens in a year. George Faust joins us for Fridays with Faust here on the Jordy Holberg Show. George, appreciate you as always, man. And uh, you and Jordy will do it again next week. All right. Sounds good, man. Good to talk to you. Tune in next week to Jordy Holberg for Fridays with Faust here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
The World Cup is back, and you can catch thrilling action on Delta Media's Telemundo Lafayette, free over the air on KLWB Channel 50.3 and Cox Channel 19. And in Lake Charles, World Cup fans can watch on Telemundo Lake Charles, free over the air on Channel 19.2 and Sudden Link Channel 137. That is thrilling World Cup action on Delta Media. Back here on the Jordy Holberg Show, we're joined now by Brant Freeman, who is the television play-by-play man for Texas State. Brant, thanks so much for taking the time, man, on this football Friday. How are you, sir? Doing well, doing well. Enjoying the Thanksgiving holiday, the weekend, and looking forward to some Thanksgiving weekend football this Saturday. Yeah, you know, looking at this matchup, this matchup's always, you know, interesting. Texas State, you know, having having a improved year compared to, to recent seasons, and and you know it, it to some people that might sound a little weird saying that the Bobcats are four and seven and and they've they're having an improved season but I mean that is that is the truth you know they've they've gotten a big win over App State and they got a win on a final field goal this past Saturday against Arkansas State kind of talk about this rocky season for the Bobcats and, and you know really that I know I know they want to end it the right way with a win in their in their final game of the season. Yeah, certainly it's been tough for them. You know, um, the record not quite indicative of how well they played. Um, I know that the Cajuns can say the same, where you, you, you take a couple of plays away or you change a play here or there, and it's a difference between two or three more wins. I mean, they lost at Troy, a really good Trojan team, <clears throat> by three on the road. Um, they uh, led Southern Miss. Uh, with under a minute to go, it had him on fourth down and four from uh, behind midfield and, and couldn't hold on to win that game and and uh, had a missed field goal at ULM, um, a game in which they led 21 nothing. And, you know, uh, if, if any of those three games go their way, they, they like Louisiana, they're playing for a bowl potentially this weekend, but it just hasn't. Um, the defense has played extremely well. Uh, the offense has had a tough year, and injuries have piled up on that side of the ball as well. Um, and some breaks just haven't gone their way. And it, it's unfortunate that, yet again, their finale is about playing for pride and not playing for a conference championship or playing for a bowl game. But that's where things are. Um, you know, they uh, they were eliminated from bowl contention going into the Arkansas State game, but uh, came up with a win then. And, and they're playing for the same this weekend to beat a team they've never beaten before. So, um, not as much on the line as they would like, but certainly there's some stuff they're playing for. Now, you know, you, you talked about the the four-game losing streak where <laughs> three of those losses were by six or less. You know, th- this team, like you said, the record isn't indicative of, of the way that they've played. Lane Hatcher has had a good year. Lincoln Perry came in from Jonesboro as well and has had a big year. But you touched on the injuries. The Bobcats are going to be without their top five pass catchers and if I'm not mistaken, two guys on the defensive line? Yeah, so the um, the receiving core is a mass unit right now. Um, coming into the year, it was arguably the deepest position they had, and that depth has really been tested um, all season long. Um, so, you know, Javon Banks, Marcel Barbie, um, one of the top receivers in the Sun Belt, Ashton Hawkins, uh, all not available, you know, for, for the game uh, this week. And Julian Ortega-Jones, who had stepped up when those other guys had gone down, he's out. It, it would probably be easier to say who's available as opposed to who's not when it comes to receiver. 
um, on the offensive line. They've had to shuffle the cards a little bit, not drastically, um, but their opening day starter left guard is no longer available for them, you know, at, at that position. So they've had to make some changes there. They're missing one of their top cover corners in the secondary. The defense as a whole, much healthier than the offense is. Um, the, the running back situation, um, two of the top three backs are, 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 I would actually say three of their top four are out for this game. Calvin Hill, Josh Berry, doesn't look like Jim Jeter is going to be able to go. So skill position-wise, they're razor thin um, right now, and they'll have to lean on uh, what's been a really strong defense. Yeah, you know, leads me into my next question about the defense. The defense has been fantastic this season, host, holding teams to some, some pretty low numbers. I mean, the, the biggest number you've given up in the last five games was 38 to South Alabama. Just kind of talk about the defense under Zach Spavadol and the, the way they've been able to play in 2022. They made uh, marked improvement this, this year so much that uh, Zach Spavadol was nominated for the Broyles Award, which goes to the top assistant in college football. And, you know, to have gotten that nomination at the time for a 317 really says a lot about the job that he's done with the defense. Um, you know, they, they didn't have wholesale changes in terms of, of new pieces added over the offseason. Guys just got a lot better. And uh, the scheme just started working a little bit more. The experience has really shown out. Um, staying healthy, you know, uh, it's an underrated um, uh, commodity of a team, but it goes a long way. Healthier teams tend to win and play better. Um, that's really been the case for the defense. Um, you know, they, they, they finally been able to get some pressure on opposing quarterbacks without having to blitz. So you can maximize your coverage without sacrificing too many, um, of your linebackers and secondary players. Um, you know, and they've, they've put them in a position to win a lot of games by forcing turnovers, um, winning first and second down, getting off the field on third down. Um, unfortunately it hasn't translated into wins, not as many as they would have liked. Um, but they've had you know several playmakers on that side of the football, and it, it's definitely kept them in just about every game they've played this year. Now, you know, chatting with Brant Freeman from Texas State, you know, we, we talked about how they're going to be without their top five pass catchers, and, and the wide receiver unit is just uh, a massive mess right now. You know, looking at the numbers, the passing game has kind of been the calling card for – the, the the Bobcats. That's been the thing that you hang your hat on. How does that change things now that you're kind of depleted at the wide receiver spot? Well, you certainly have to be creative in terms of play calling. The receivers that they do have, um, you know, they don't have as many strengths as the top guys did. So maybe you don't call as many you know, vertical passes, or you know, maybe some guys are, are suited for shallow, intermediate stuff more so than others. Um, you know, based on Louisiana's approach on defense, if they're bringing, if they're getting pressure with just three or, or four, you have to then take your tight ends and running backs and and use them to help you know, help the offensive line in the in the pass rush and pass blocking. Um, so, I mean, certainly they would love to be able to air it out. You know, they actually would prefer to be balanced, but you know, um, they would love to play to the strengths of uh, you know of the passing game. Um, so I think play calling will be uh, impacted heavily. Um, I don't. I don't foresee this being a. If, if this is a game in which Louisiana scores thirty or more, the Bobcats are going to be in trouble. They're not going to be able to keep up. You know that kind of game. 
Now, if it's a game playing to the teens, low 20s, that's a game they feel more comfortable with uh, because I think the, the opportunities of big plays in the passing game just aren't going to be there. Who's the X factor for the Bobcats, and what's your keys to victory for Texas State? X factor, I probably would say, would be Rontavius Groves, uh, one of those fill-in receivers. Now, he's one of the few that was a starter when the season began that's still healthy now, and they're going to rely heavily on him to you know, convert on those third and medium uh, situations and stuff like that. So he could be a playmaker for them on that side of the ball. Um, in terms of keys to the game, I mentioned the defense winning first and second down. That's paramount you know, against Louisiana. The Cajuns are so good at running the ball. A great one-two combo, Chris Smith, Terrence Williams. Um, if, if, if they don't win first and second down, and the Cajuns have a bunch of third and twos, third and ones, they're, they're going to have be in for a long day because I think that Louisiana can convert that. Their playbook opens up. They have two capable backs of converting in those situations. That's going to be tough. Um, creating field position is also going to be paramount. If that's getting turnovers, getting some plays in special teams, getting off the field in three and outs, so Louisiana is punting deep on its own end. The, the more they make life easier on the offense, meaning short fields to navigate, the better the chances will be to win the game. Brant, I, I know that you know. Obviously, Texas State's goal was, was to get to a bowl game this season. And uh, it really doesn't look like that's going to happen for for the Bobcats. Now, I've got to ask, I've heard different rumors about the future of Jake Spavadol. Does he return to San Marcos next year? It's a great question. You know, it's certainly one above my pay grade. But uh, obviously, you know, uh, the expectations were higher than where things stand now, you know, at 4-7. and seven, And he would be the first to tell you that. Um, and, it, you know, if you look at the situation, it is year four. Um, the team hasn't had a winning season. They didn't get to a bowl game this year. They fell short of expectations. We know the pressures that come with college football and, and, and a pass into fan base. And, you know, certainly the, the, the whispers are there. Um, the program is very aware of the pressure that, you know, that comes with the job. They're trying to block out all that noise and just, keep things, you know, within their room and play for one another. And I think that that came out this past week in the win over Arkansas State. Um, who knows? You know, um, it, it, I think it's too early to tell at this point in time. Um, you know, there's a new uh, president here in Kelly Dampus who was in this, who was at Arkansas State prior. Um, Don Coriel is the AD in his second year. He's built a relationship with Jake Spavadol because he was – in athletics before we got promoted to to um, AD, so uh, we'll see. You know, I, I don't think we're going to have any answers um, until after the game on Saturday, and we'll cut. We'll just kind of see where the chips fall. You know, looking at the Sun Belt as a whole, how impressed have you been by the Sun Belt West, Troy, South Alabama, going all the way to the final weekend to determine who's going to represent this division. You know, I mean, Louisiana had a stranglehold on the West you know, since they split into divisions. They were the flag bearer in, in, in the division, and it was really a question of can anybody knock them off, you know? And and um, Louisiana, of course, lost so many players and a coaching change, and teams were just getting better. You know, Troy got really good under John Sumrall, and South Alabama, year two under Kane Womack. Um, you know, they've gotten to be really good, and the two are battling it out for the division crown, and that championship uh, uh, get a spot, you know, this weekend. 
Um, I think Southern Miss is going to be a problem for years to come. I think Will Hall's a really good coach. They have a great defensive foundation. And once he gets his stamp on that offense because he's an offensive guy, I think that they're going to be a really good team for several years. And, you know, Louisiana with a win this weekend would be a six wins, a chance to go to a bowl. And, and for them, that's a down year. Um, so they're not going to be here, when I say here being a down year, for very long. Um, and so the West is, uh, is really good, really strong, really deep, probably as deep as it's been since we had the divisional split. Brant, lastly, I know Thanksgiving was yesterday, but, man, what's your favorite side dish on a Thanksgiving plate? Favorite side dish? I think it's a tie for me. Green bean casserole, casserole and stuffing, man. I, I can't get enough of that stuff. Gravy on both, by the way. I'd, I'd tell everybody, you, put a, you give me a plate of green bean casserole, stuffing, deviled eggs, and ham. That's all I need. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I'm already wanting to get back at the leftovers right now with you saying all that. You're right, man. Uh, sweet potatoes are right there. By the way, I gave a notch below, you know, those other two. Um, it's, my plate, you know, yesterday was probably like 10% turkey, 90% sides. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. Brant Freeman, the television voice of the Texas State Bobcats. Brant, really appreciate your time, man. Enjoy the rest of your Thanksgiving holiday. Enjoy the call tomorrow, and uh, we'll talk to you again. Yeah, I appreciate it. And as you guys know, I had nothing but the utmost respect for the Cajuns and, um, and the programs over there, so I'm looking forward to the call and a good game on Saturday. No doubt, Brant. Appreciate you. Thank you. And there he goes, Brant Freeman. If you are looking for great stocking stuffers for the holiday season, look no further than the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. As a member of our rewards club, you will have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort, a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. But you can only score these great stocking stuffers by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. James, before we take a timeout, I missed this yesterday, but apparently at the Bills-Lions game yesterday, this is what this was one of the items that they served in the concession stand. Okay. It's called the Blazing Apple Cocktail. Apple cider, cinnamon whiskey, vanilla vodka, oh. garnished with two donut holes. Only two? Only two. Oh. And it could all be yours. For $17? For $15.29. I told you. Uh, Holy I, moly. I ever told you about that time when I went to the St. Seahawks game and got that uh, Cajun burrito? Yeah, and it was like 17 bucks. No, it was 15 15 as well. I was I was seriously considering going in another. It yeah, was, it was so good. The, the food in the Superdome is always top notch. It's so good. It's so good. Like even even when I had went to go cover it for the Saints Bucks game. I mean, even though it was red beans and rice, that was one of the highest quality red beans and rice and uh, cornbread and so bread pudding I had in a while. So look, I'm gonna be honest with you. I've got cinnamon whiskey at home. Uh huh. I've got vanilla vodka at home. Oh yeah. All I need is the apple cider and the and the donut holes. I might go home and make this. I might have to make this this weekend. You should go for it. Oh, I could do a review on the TikTok channel about how it is. 
Hey, oh, we'll take a time out, wrap up the Jordy Holberg show after this right here on the game. It's 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Get more kicks out of every World Cup soccer match with FanDuel. Soccer fans, now is the perfect time to give FanDuel a shot because new customers get $125 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to goals scored to even corners. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Best of all, you'll get paid your winnings instantly. So don't miss out on your chance at $125 in free bets, win or lose, when you join FanDuel with promo code KLWB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after the receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. I wish I had my head out of a sunroof. And you want to know why? Because, man, I'm still hurting from all the food I put down yesterday. Like, it's bad. But you know what the best part about Thanksgiving is? Thanksgiving leftovers. You get to eat it all weekend long. And then there's a three-week break, and then you get to eat it all again at Christmas. <laughs> I swear I gained like 30 pounds this time of year. It's fine. I'm, I'm I'm 270. What's 30 more? You know, it's even though you said you want to get down to like 240. I mean, I'd love to get down to 240, but I'm a big man. This, that, this time of the year is not doing I'm, you any favors. This time of year is not doing me any favors, and I'm a big man that lives in the land of everything fried. So, what do you want me to do? You're just kind of like, meh. It's whatever. Look, I'm married. Yeah, I found a woman that loves me regardless of my flaws. So, what's it matter if I'm fit? Doesn't matter at this point. Who cares? No, I signed the lifetime contract. I'm good. Oh, man. All right. So, James, LSU A&M, who wins tomorrow? I'm going to go with LSU pretty easily. I'm, I'm thinking I know this could get very close. I'm going to say it's a it's a two-touchdown two difference. Are the Cajuns going bowling? I think they do go bowling. I do. I am kind of iffy about uh, – Chandler Fields, I am a little iffy about him, but I still think, even though we had talked about just now with uh, with Brant, I, I know that they have some things that they can do pretty well, but I, I still believe that the Cajuns, they know the mission, and I think they're able to get it. I think they can get the win, man. Can Vanderbilt, who has sold out their stadium for this game, can they knock off a Hendon Hookerless Tennessee? I forgot. Who is their quarterback? Because uh, I saw him throw an absolute bomb at the end of the South Carolina game. Because I watched, I was like, oh my God, he just threw that 70 yards. I've seen him. No, but I, no issue. But I cannot, for the life of me, remember his name right now. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Swan. AJ Swan. 
He is a freshman. Yeah, that dude had a cannon. Absolutely long. I remember because I was watching the game because I was waiting for LSU. Or I was just putting on another game. And I was I saw him for his, I think it was his first pass. Joe Milton the third. Oh, yeah, because Swan's hurt. That's what it is. He's, he's, he's not going to play. Uh, the, he absolutely this. launched a – it was a 64-yarder, but still, it was almost 70 yards in the air. That's wild. I was like, what is what is he on? Well, you see, here's what's, here's what's awesome about Vanderbilt. If they beat, SC, if they beat Tennessee, they're going bowling at 6-6. Six and six. When's the last time Vandy was in a bowl? Holy moly. I want to take this opportunity to thank all of our guests today. Brant Freeman, Dane Chaponche, George Faust, and a multitude of others. James Mesh. Big big plans for the for the, for the Thanksgiving weekend? Uh Saturday? I mean, other than watching LSU and seeing what the Cajuns are up to, I don't think nothing too, too crazy. But uh, obviously, with Sunday, I'm going to be covering the Saints game. Yep. Covering that, covering the 49ers Saints game. Yep. Uh, other than that, I mean, it's going to be a pretty casual weekend for the most part. I mean, that's usually how it goes for me on when it comes to football season because it's like, look, it's a lot. there's a lot of football to try right. and keep up with because there's – so many games of college football, and then I got to keep up with what I know best in NFL football. So, a lot of football I got to digest and like try and get down. Yeah, going to be a wild weekend. Really appreciate Jordy Holberg for letting me fill in for him on this Friday edition. Crunch time up next. James and I aren't going anywhere. You still got us for two more hours. So, lock in to crunch time right here on the game. It's 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. This has been a Football Friday edition of the Jordy Holberg Show. Crunch time after this top of the hour sports update.